You're listening to Insights for Living with Pastor Boju Oyemade. Pastor Boju is the senior pastor of the Covenant Nation. If you want to get somebody saved, what you need to pray over that person is, Lord, pour forth your spirit into the heart of this person. Because the Bible says you can convict a person of sin. It is the Holy Spirit that convicts, the Bible says, of sin because they believe not in the name of the Lord Jesus. It's the Holy Spirit that works in the heart of a person and brings that person into conviction and prepares that person. So when you preach, all right, or speak the word of God, or that person comes to a point where they just get up and say, all right, that I'm going to now. If that is not done, then you are trying to use the flesh. You are trying to use the flesh to get people, and that's what happened. People are trying to use the flesh there, all right? It is, all right, the spirit that goes in and does that work on the inside. So it starts out with the change will happen when the spirit is poured forth. Now, what he's going to do is he will show you things to come. All right, he will option up your eyes. I mean, you may be doing your own thing, but your own thing can amount to absolute nonsense in this sense here. That if what is to come is a flood, let's say this, then whether, you know, if that's what's coming, the only thing that really matters is you are building an ark. And so the Holy Spirit says, I will show you. So it's what he shows you. That matters. How is he going to, all right, uh, get a person? It says, uh, God says, I'm the one that gives you power to get wealth. Tarry until you be endured with power. Uh, the Holy Spirit comes in and shows a person what is to come. And I learned a lesson. Are you following today? Because nobody was functioning here. They mean to put the church, everybody just came. So it's best to buy bush. In other words, when nobody sees any value in something, but the Holy Spirit shows you what is to come. Are, are you following what I'm saying? 30 years ago, if you say you had land in Lekki, it's like you were lost. That bush, you don't know anywhere in Lagos to have land. You get what I'm saying? He shows you. So, so let, let's, let's depend, all right, uh, on the Spirit of God because what he wants to do is to give you the intelligence of God on this earth. And I'm not sure how it comes in. So don't just choose and, and say to yourself and treat God like an ATM machine. All right, God, uh, this is what I want now. And then you go and meet him. And he just says, pam, 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 pam. All right? Now, if you are treated that way, you won't like it. That anytime anybody calls you to greet you, you know the next thing is that they want something. You, you won't like it. If I, if I call you and say, you didn't hear from you know, for, for two years. Then he calls. How are you? And this was what we we'll do with God. We'll do with God, God uh, how are you now? Uh, uh, you are really, your voice sounds very nice this morning. Now, at, at the back of the head of a person, it says, oh, we're waiting for it. We are waiting for it. Say what the real thing is. All this world, you're just toasting. Hey, what happened was, hey, God, you can't treat God that way and say you're in a relationship with him. All right? All right? So he wants to. Now, this is the prayer your shoulder offer up. Okay? Luke chapter 11 and verse 9. 
And that's why Jesus said, because he said, I'll pour out my spirit upon. And this can, and it's the Holy Spirit that starts, which means uh, the Holy Spirit is the one that will now take the scriptures and begin to quicken. But he's the one, it's not you, he's the one that will do it. It says, I say unto you, ask, and it shall be given you. So he was talking about something. He says, it shall, not me. A lawyer will tell you when you use the word shall, means that this is what is going to happen. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. Next verse. Let's go now. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Next verse. If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? And if he shall ask a fish, will he give him for a fish or give him a serpent? If he shall ask for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If then ye, being evil, if ye then being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more? Shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? So those that know what this is all about, know that what I shall ask the Father for in this situation is the Holy Spirit. First, in other words, as Paul said, I know they shall turn to my salvation through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus. In other words, let the Holy Spirit come in afresh into my heart. For, it tells us in John 16, 13, for when he is come, John 16, 13, when he is come, the Bible says he will guide you to truth. He shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he hears, that shall he speak, and he will show you things that are to come. In other words, the Holy Spirit will open up your eyes and show you what God has planned and God has prepared for that particular situation. Once you come in prayer that way, and he is the one that will give you that hope. He is the one that will reveal. He is the spirit of wisdom and revelation, opening up the eyes of your understanding so that you come to know the hope. All right? It is not by self-effort or continuous exercise of your mind, but it's the activity of the Holy Spirit in answer to an intentional prayer that I'm asking for the Spirit of God to do a work inside my consciousness to show me what is to come. Even if the business or the career is going well on the outside, you need to keep praying, Lord, show me what is to come. So you are not just stuck in a routine. What is to come, Lord? What is to come? All right, and the Spirit of God now begins to show you so you can position, all right, yourself right. And it starts showing you. So the Spirit of God comes in and he begins to show that individual. Can you imagine an individual now, all right, prays this way, looks at scriptures and is guided into the truth and then the Holy Spirit starts telling that person and showing that person things that are to come. You understand that that person will not behave the way every other person is behaving. 
When the Holy Spirit showed Noah what was to come, Noah began to behave, all right, in a way which means he was entering into the future before it came. So he begins to show you things that are to come. And now based on that, you can now begin to, all right, call those things into existence. And you now start going to the next thing, which is to give sound, all right, to that. So you write your declaration of faith. You put it out there. And let's say on the 15th of June, you are quickened by the Spirit and you saw something in the Word of God. You now have a statement of faith based on that truth that is revealed unto you. And therefore, in that statement of faith, you are describing the experience that you have had as a result of this promise or this particular thing that you have seen being fulfilled in your own life. Now you write that down. And you start making that declaration not to any other person but to your own self based on what he has shown you, which is prayer and spending time. So it starts with the Spirit before the Word. All right, because the Bible says there was darkness over the face of the deep and the Spirit first is a move of the Spirit. The Spirit moved over the face of the waters. It was when the Spirit was moving over that God now brought in and said, let there be light. In other words, then light comes. So you pray for the supply of that spirit in that situation. And this is something you continuously do. I've said you can do in your career, you can do in your family. And he begins to show you. All right? And start showing you. Now, once he starts showing you, you now can start calling it into existence as though it were. Which means I began to declare this. Now, the catch to declaration is this. I'll go more in detail next week. But once you start declaring something and calling it into existence as though it were, you are going to experience resistance from your own heart, which is what is called unbelief. Anything you haven't experienced before, your heart is not going to readily accept it. The only things that your heart will readily accept are the things that you have experienced in your life. So once this is out of your reach, your heart is not going to, all right, settle with what you are saying and there will be a pushback from within. People don't fail, or people, or people fail not because of the environment, but they fail because their heart is not even completely aligned and doesn't support the very thing that they are pursuing. Now, on the outside, they may, all right? They have all the uh, things, but the heart really doesn't support it. That's why Jesus said, whosoever shall say to this mountain, be thou removed, what's the real work? And doesn't doubt in his heart, 
but believes what he's saying will come to pass. So if there is doubt in your heart, once you are saying it, your heart pushes back on it. Now let me tell you why your heart pushes back. And it's something that is logical. I want to show you, all right, I'm close with this, how to, how to, how to go around this. Now, in your heart, right, next week I'll put up an image, technically it's broken, your heart is broken into four major functions. One of them is the imagination. One is your emotions, which means how you feel. One is how you respond to external stimuli, all right, or respond to it. And the other one is, right, which is logic, all right? So this center of logic is very important, uh, but that's where the unbelief comes from. In other words, if I take, uh, let me see this, if I take this and I put it, or I, or I put a chair here, okay, and I put this part on the chair. Nobody's going to say anything, all right? Because logically speaking, my mind, as I'm dropping it, has calculated from my experience, the chair, this will take, all right, the chair will take the weight of this iPad. I drop it. But if I go and carry an AC here, and I want to put it on the chair, ah, people say, no, 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 it's going to break, all right? So you don't do that, right? If you want to cross the road and you see a car coming, the center of logic tells you, Stay back. This car will hit you. So what do you do? You go back. Okay? If there is fire somewhere, the logic tells you this is fire. Don't put your hand, so you put your hand back. So it governs the decisions that you make. You rely on it, all right, to get things done. If you say something that is not right, the center of logic will hold those words and say that what you are saying is not right. That's why when somebody says things, all right, if it's outrageous, what do people say? Did you listen to yourself? Wait, wait, wait. Did you actually listen to what you said? If you say yes, there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong. Then you know that there's something wrong with this person's thoughts. All right? So it goes through that center of logic. So you depend on it for conversations, for everything. So when you now come one day and you say in three months' time and you say something that even though it's founded on the word of God is outrageous as far as logic is concerned, it shuts down and says, I can't support this statement. Do you get it? I can't. And pulls back on that statement. Now, but where logic is, what, what, what can supersede logic is experience. In other words, if you have experienced something in your life in the past that logic could not support, then when you make that declaration and you say, this happened exactly as it happened to me seven years ago, when? Once you link a confession to something God has done in the past, the seat of logic collapses and says, I can't touch that because I can't explain how that happened. So when David said, I will kill Goliath, Saul came out logically and said, I can't allow you to fight because he has been fighting from his youth. You are just a young man. So David said to Saul, let me tell you my experience. A lion came, a bear came. Once Saul heard that, Saul said, go and fight. 
Listen, when you are making confessions about things that God is going to do in your life that you are calling into existence, hinge them on something God has done in the past that you couldn't explain. Are you following what I'm saying here? That's what is called in scripture your stronghold. You have strongholds in your life. In other words, let's say this. I, I mean, I had a friend. He told me in 2008, when I was, he said 2008, when there was, he lives in England, he was working in Bank of Scotland. He said, look, when there was a financial collapse, he said he lost his job. He said he decided from God's word to set a salary for himself. So he set a salary for himself, which was higher than what he was getting before the financial collapse, and began to make the confession. He said, listen, this is how bad it was. If any job just comes up, on the net, he said, you just see, hey, before you know what's happening, the thing is short. People have applied, but it's short. He said, when, so his mind was telling him, oh boy, when there was no financial crisis, you are earning this. Is it now that there's financial crisis you've been? He said, he started confessing. He said, then he realized something. He said, when he was in Nigeria, I mean, which was why he even left. His, his wife had a miscarriage, her fallopian tubes were destroyed. Medically speaking, it was impossible for her to get pregnant. That's why we say quicken the dead. Impossible. That's the fallopian tubes gone. He said, miraculously, she got pregnant and there was a child. So he changed his confession. I declare that I have this job and they have paid me this. And it happened the same way my wife conceived. Once he introduced that, silence. Logic bows. So let me tell you what you've got to find out as a close. Find out things that happened in your own past you have forgotten. Let me tell you, go into your own past and find, look, I, I, and this is where people lose. God doesn't, he only does one creative miracle for you and he goes to rest because God rests. He said, I created for six days. On the seventh day, I did what? Rested. He said, and I've been resting since then. Why? He said, every human being you see, God didn't create. Every human being, apart from Jesus, came by reproduction. In other words, he said, let every seed bear fruit, and let that tree have fruit, and let the seed be in itself, which means any fruit that comes out carries the seed for the continuity of that plant. So once he does a miracle for you, the seed for the next miracle is inside that last one. Now, what people do is eat the fruit and forget the seed. In other words, once you have gotten a job once, you should never be unemployed. If you have met somebody once in your life that you didn't think you should meet, do you get what I'm saying here? Which means then you should be able, that's why, you know, God told me once, then like, and I'll close with something that made me laugh. He told me, he said, look, he said, he said, you should never, and I've now done it, ask, solicit, relate with anybody, associate with anybody. Don't really ever in your life do anything to try to, to get an open door to preach. He said, because let me show you how I brought you into ministry. You see, because if God calls you, he comes to fetch you where you are. Ministry is not what, you, even anything, even not even ministry, anything. 
all right? He, he, he comes to, he said, look, you got into the University of Lagos, you and your friend in Ibadan decided you will stay in Mary Hall. You went to U218 Mary Hall. A fellowship was starting in U318 Mary Hall that you eventually became president of the fellowship. The day they started the fellowship, they came to pick up your chair where you are. You gave up your chair. You were not born again. You were smoking. They pulled the chair up. The president sat on it. The president became your friend. You became very close even before you got saved. He said, I established a relationship, a divine relationship even before. He said, if I did it that way, every other thing I would do this way. Are you following me? So he opens up the door. <laughs> Yesterday I was coming back from Abuja. <laughs> just say this here. I mean, because people have asked me, but let me just say this. And one of the presidential candidates was on the flight. He was the one that told the director, tell the person sitting beside that gentleman to move to another place. I want to sit beside him and have a discussion with him. It's not me that went to meet them. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's not, it's, ah, let's be dancing around. It's not, if, 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 all right? But just to tell you something about, about, because many of you that you are on Twitter, let me just say this. Okay? All right? I told them for service. I always say, what's your political position? I, I, look, any pastor that comes up publicly to take a position on politics in a partisan way, you are risking the anointing. You understand what I'm saying? All right? If you take a position on good governance, that's fine. But you come and take a partisan position on politics, you are risking it. I have a friend in ministry in America. The American church went into it. It has cost them the anointing. If you go and meet a person in America now to get born again, what they are thinking is that you are telling them to come into a political leaning, not to come into the kingdom of God, because it's almost looked political. Are, are you from saying that? Because I know the church in Nigeria will want to follow Americans in everything that they do. This friend of mine, I preached one day, he told me, I said something, he said, I wish I heard what you were saying about this. He said, in one week, I lost 2,000 of my congregation members from taking a political position. Because inside the church, there are different people. All right? What they came to hear is Jesus Christ. Are you following what I'm saying? So I've got some people come to me and say, Pastor, uh, uh, you are not talking. I say, oh boy, I don't come and talk politics. All right? What we do, we do without saying political. Anything that happens from it, happens from it. But we don't take political pressure. But let me just say this. The man sat beside me and I opened it and Twitter told me that somebody was tweeting that I rejected the offer to become vice president to this person. So I turned and said, sir, did you offer this person? He said, who is this? I don't even know who the person is. Just to know that all these Twitter things of running Twitter, tweeting and all of that, is not reality. So I don't know who this person is. All right? It's not reality. All right? So if you want to, let me just say to young people, if you want to help, in changing this country. At the beginning, I've said this before, go and become a delegate in any party. People didn't listen to me. You've seen delegates now. Okay. <laughs> I was saying it at the beginning. You know I was saying this delegate thing. People say, well, I kept quiet. Now you have seen that delegate is the real democracy. Okay. The second one you can do is go and volunteer. Anybody, whether local government, any party, volunteer, no money, don't collect money, 
So use your skill and your gifts in assisting people you believe in, that you believe in their cause. All right? You look at it and say, I believe in this person's cause. Volunteer. And I'm going to say some more on it. So assist them, all right, in getting things. So whether you have managerial skill or just volunteer and there. Now, what volunteering will do is that it will get you to move around with people. It will get you to sit at meetings where they discuss reality. You will meet with people of different cultures and backgrounds. Are you following what I'm saying here? And then you will come to understand this country better. Because one of the problems in Nigeria is that people who are trying to change Nigeria don't understand Nigeria. I'm telling you this. We just feel that everybody is from our local government, and then we start talking like everybody lives in VI or like here. Or, all right? People live in different places. You are dealing with people that may not even be able to speak English. Uh, you understand something? So by interacting there, volunteering, and you sit at the meetings, then you will come to see firsthand what Nigeria really is all about. You get what I'm saying? And then you will know how, all right, real change, right, can occur in this country because you have firsthand interactive information. So there are three levels. Delegate, volunteer, then PVC. You hear what I said? There's delegate, there's volunteer, there's elector. Do you understand what I'm saying? I've said it again, no? They won't hear it again. All right? Uh, say PVC, PVC. <laughs> All right. Let's just stop there, okay? You volunteer there, interact with people, so that you, you understand, and then you interact with Nigerians, you see how they talk, you see what the leaning is, you understand, and say, okay, I understand, all right, how this thing is, how people really are, and you understand that in terms of genuine service, all right, that you want to render, all right, to God. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word, and by the power of your spirit, as that you establish us in this truth, expand it within our consciousness, in Jesus' mighty name, amen. God bless you. This podcast is brought to you by the Covenant Nation. For more information, visit www.insightsforliving.org. Thank you and God bless.